Welcome to another episode of The Money Honey, the show that brings you women in property, finance and construction. And today I have a very special guest who is actually in uh, finance and in property. So she's rocking it from all angles and I can't wait to bring her on because she's got a very, very, very important message this concept of women in this industry um, is very close to her heart for different reasons. And there's, uh, I'm going to make her, I'm going to let her uh, share the story and make the point. So I am going to be bringing her on the show very soon. Her name is Dina Badia. She is uh, the owner and founder of uh, P2M Group, and she's an independent financial advisor. So I cannot wait for her to share her story. Let's kick it off. Hi there, Dina. Welcome. Thank you. Hi, Rosalia. Hi. So nice to meet you because you reached out to me on LinkedIn and you did something very brave. And you, I know this was massively stretching yourself out of your comfort zone, but I know you did it because you felt like you had to. And you actually approached me and said, I've seen your show, I've seen, you know, what you're doing. Can I come on? And yes. normally people don't ask to come on. They are asked to come on because they, they, they don't want to be exposed. So actually you put yourself here. What made you want to do that? I think, um, great question, but I think I've, over the years, um, being a woman, as, as all the other great women on your show, we don't tend to be approached very often. And being an ethnic minority woman, um, I'm surrounded by, um, you know, my own community from an ethnic minority. And, you know, the the environment that I've been brought up in is women don't really have a voice. You know, we, we're, we're second generation into this country. We, we, we just accept where, you know, you just do what your husbands say, you do what the males say around you. And it, it's always known that, you know, you are homemakers, you are housewives, you, you know, you look after the children. So, you know, it's been hard. So everything's been um, pushing myself to put myself at the forefront and actually say, well, you know, what? I've got something to say, you know, and let me let me speak. So here I am. Yes. Oh, I love that. I absolutely love it because, you know, cultures do play a part in, um, you know, the making of a person and the the what do you call it? Like the pre-programming that is required for success or for anything, you know, you, you need to be wired in that way. So I totally relate. I mean, what is your, do you mind me asking what is your no, ethnic? I'm, I'm from, Hin I'm a Hindu faith. From Hin right. Hin yeah. And and where, where, what uh, what's your country of origin? Um, country of origin is India. Um, India. I was actually born here. So it's East meets West. And then there's those right. cultural like, where do I fit in? You know, do, do I follow the Eastern ways of living or am I, you know, the Western child and actually going and surrounding myself with British people and, and the, the Western culture? So actually already in your mind, you're like, hold on, hold on a minute. I'm not allowed to do that. I'm not allowed to ask why in my culture to my parents. This is obviously we're talking when I was younger, but the why question wasn't there. And now we are encouraging our children and actually saying, no, you must ask. You should be curious. It's a good thing. Whereas, you know, 
if you looked at your parents, you only got the eyes that sort of spoke a lot of words um, rather than the mouth. So um, when you've been, I suppose, culturally brought up that way, you bring that into your your working environment, which actually, I think, holds you back to a degree. Mm, it does. It, it, I do relate, you know, because I think um, uh, Italian cultures, which is which is mine, I think that's very similar to Indian cultures. I've got a lot of Indian friends and they yeah. have flagged up the similarities and we can see it, you know, when we're growing up at school or, you know, now that in our adult life, we can see the similarities. And there are so many good qualities that Indian and Italian cultures have that we don't get as much in the Western world here, like in the UK, for example. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. From a woman in a industry like financial services, so you you so tell us a little bit about what you actually do. Actually, give yourself an intro. What would you say you do? Yeah, because I gave you an intro, but I'd love for you to share who you are and what you do. So what I do in my in my in my working world is I I own actually two companies. One is uh, P2M Properties, which is the estate agency part of the business, and then the financial services, which is P2M Asset Management. Um, so I left the uh, banking industry actually um, because I didn't feel I had an identity. I felt that I was a salary number, um, and I wanted to be known as Dina. Um, because I always wanted to find the I in my name, actually, funny enough. Um, yes. So I, I, I got headhunted. I got headhunted by a network at the time. And, you know, I was, I was scared going into the self-employed world. I'd only just given birth to my son. Um, and I was like, oh, my God, you know, I'm breastfeeding. On the left-hand side, I've got a laptop on my right. How am I going to make this work? And, you know, someone believed in me and, and took me into the self-employed world. And within six weeks, I got told I needed to hire somebody because I couldn't cope with all the work that was coming in, which is an amazing place to, to be. And, um, you know, the story went on. I hired somebody. I took the risks and it was actually the fire of my child or the wants and the hunger um, that sort of allowed me to prosper. And then seven, eight years into building my mortgage business um my community who I was in that in those days it was sort of um I would say that they were the average age for my clients were about late 50s uh their mother tongue was Gujarati or Hindi they didn't speak English um, a lot of them came from the construction uh, trade background so working with their hands rather than the academic knowledge uh, that many of us have today so giving mortgage advice in a second language is challenging in itself making them understand cash is not king in terms of in those days you know bank that money you need to pay payroll all these different things understanding the mortgage system was was challenging so i was actually educating and evolving them as a community in order for them to get mortgages and move on and you know in Asian blood, property is is part of the bloodline. <laughs> oh, in Italian as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. So if you don't hold property, it's like, oh God, there's something missing of your part of your body part, right? Yes. Or oh, you're not passing down to your children, right? Because um, my, yes. yeah, you have to pass down property because the 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 biggest thing for Indian and Italian families is that you you live to give your children a better life and so that when you're gone they've got a roof over their head which is just so like come on that you can't argue with that that is absolutely amazing 
it's simple, isn't it? Food and shelter. You know, that's it. it, it, it are you it really fed? Is. Are you warm? Have you got a home? That's it. That's what these families want to provide. And actually, that can sometimes be missing. Um, I'm going to say something quite controversial, but I feel like it does. It, it that's growing up Italian with that culture. And sorry, we will go back onto what you were saying, but I really just wanted to make a side note that I relate to you so much because I was born in Sicily and was growing up there, then came over here, but. Here, I had to mix the English and then go to school and be surrounded by English people and then go home and be surrounded by my Sicilian grandparents. And something I have struggled with growing up is the English versus Italian way of parenting and, mm. you know, way of thinking and like the English parents, the good thing is they're like, you know, you're a big boy now, you're independent, go off and do your own thing. But then as an Italian, I'm like, doesn't your mom love you? Like, doesn't she <laughs> want to do this for you? You know, like, yeah. The, the way we show love is is very yeah. different isn't it yeah so true it's like as you said it's not fitting in because you you know you've got these matters of you're not fitting in your culture because you want to adopt some of these western things that you're surrounded by and you want to voice them within your home family life and you want to bring some of your home family life into your school and education yes. or your you know so there's all of that and um you know as i as I was growing up, that was the conflict that I was up against. And not only, you know, in those days, um, you know, your social circle was really who you played with in on the local block, you know, coming from a, a social working class background and funny enough, surrounded by a lot of boys and bikes. I was one of the girl, the only girl actually to go out on the bike and, and you know, go around the block. And um, what then became a bit of a problem because you know, my parents wouldn't allow me to be seen to be surrounded by boys because the community would then talk about me. Oh right? my God, I've been there. I had the bike too, Dina. Where were you? We could have pulled the bike together. <laughs> oh so, my God, I know what you're talking about. So it's only now I look back and subconsciously sort of think, well, this is why I most probably get on with men and I can have a conversation far better with men than I can have with women because actually my upbringing has been surrounded by by boys um mm. which you know i suppose is, is a good thing in terms of confidence but actually when when your you know your grandparents your parents are actually saying oh no you can't walk to the high street with with the boy you can't go to school with these guys you can't do and it's you know it's you're actually you've got no friend circle you're actually becoming more and more lonely um so going back to my my working world where where I'm sort of bringing this community into this world of mortgage and finance um you know has been tough because they're strong asian heads that you're you know actually saying why don't you introduce me to somebody oh yes 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 of course i can Dina. but actually they want you to be that girl sitting at home making in my case the chapatis and the curry yeah. and and for my for my parents um it was hard for my mum also because of the the aftermath she was getting from the community like you know why is why is Dina going out to work you know what why is she did she have to create a business why is she making life so difficult for her you know she had a great job in the bank secure but you know Rosalind for me in the bank in in that in those times there was no flexibility there wasn't really a space for a mum you know that it didn't meet the requirements that I felt I wanted to be my mum. I didn't. I didn't want. I wanted to be a mum. I didn't want to sacrifice. Uh, you know that I wanted to create those magic moments for my children, and you can only do that if you're there. 
Um, so that then made me realize that actually time, time out, I've got to move on. Um, seven years in building my business, I then defaulted, actually defaulted into estate agency because all these clients who've now bought loads of Vitalet properties and all, you know, where can I go to rent my property, Dina? And I'm like, uh, I don't actually know. I can't equate myself to an estate agent in those days that I would like to be affiliated with you, uh, with me. So they all started saying, well, why don't you set one up? We trust you. We trust you. Just, just do it. And that's how I ended up because I thought, added value service it's pretty much on a plate because i've already done their mortgages and 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 there i was setting up an estate agency um which i don't think any of my careers was an in, in, intention actually it's all happened by default to be honest that's amazing i think i just love how you are breaking barriers and you're breaking through misconceptions or preconceived ideas about who you should be and how you should be and what you're showing me is actually you can have it all mm. you can mm. be the mum you can be the businesswoman you can if you wanted to I bet you make really good chapatis oh yeah yeah, made yeah yes. exactly <laughs> yes. so I bet you could do it all and still be winning uh, but you need to do it your way you need to do it what's right for you. You know, of course, uh, you know, the, our cultures are very food orientated. They're very family orientated. And actually, I'd love that. I don't want anyone to ever think like, oh, she's Italian and all she does is, you know, be in the kitchen or the opposite. Oh, she's Italian and she's not in the kitchen at all. You know, I actually want to maintain that really strong because I do want to feed my children in the future I do want to be that nonna you know that grandmother who's constantly yeah. overfeeding her um yeah. you know her grandkids like I do like that and as long as you like it I don't think it's a stereotype and I don't think it's uh, insulting if you enjoy it then embrace absolutely. it you've got to embrace your culture absolutely and I think you made a valid point there actually because some of those uh, uh you know presumptions or assumptions is is the fact that I am a businesswoman or built my own business over the years and uh, many of uh, Asian businessmen in particular think that I can't cook that I actually don't go home and do do the the, the, the Italian Indian sort of grand things that we do um so they actually assume that you know oh I'm sure you actually go and take a takeaway every night hello what makes you think that oh my really god are, we are multi-skilled and you know it's not you I mean yes we all have balance we all have mm. balance and we have cheat days but that doesn't mean like you said you know you can't have the grand Italian food or the Asian food on the table but yeah. this is this is what I'm battling with you know people throwing this at you it's like darts have just been throwing it thrown at you and it's like why why can't you just see it the way it is and accept that if I'm telling you that yeah I do it I I I, I do and you know something recently um you know uh rosalia only early on this week i was at a, a diversity and inclusive is as is very passionate to me and um something uh, i've always known because i've always felt it and lived it but actually um when you see figures and statistics in front of you that's when it really hurts it actually brings it home so there was a statistic that came out, um, or I was shown it only a few days ago, that 
eth um, statistic was women um, from leadership ex executive boards from ethnic minority backgrounds. I was going to be optimistic and say circa 3%, uh, Rosalia. Um, and I thought I was being fair to the industry. But actually, the answer is 1%. So the answer, so let's just get that again. So 1% of the leadership committee or boards or people in senior positions, less than 1% are from an ethnic minority. No, women. Ethnic. Women from an ethnic women. minority background. Right. So it gets even more. So we talk about, I've had many guests on the show where we talk about inequality uh, between men and women in financial services. Um, and I have to say, they've all been English. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, everyone's been English. So no one's brought to the table yet, like you're doing, from an ethnic point of view, from an ethnic minority point of view, how much smaller that number gets. Because actually, you're probably seeing, and if, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're probably seeing women on the board, but they don't look like you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when you when you are a part of intersectionality, so for example, you're a woman, you, you're not a uni graduate, um, and you're and then you're from an ethnic minority background. And then if you're LBGTQ, so you, you, you're sort of ticking these all these boxes, that 1% surely is, is, is just going far less and less and less. So how tough would it be for someone who actually falls in all those Sections. But surely, right, so let's, right, a little debate here. Surely if I'm, like, let's say I'm going to try and cover off as much as I can. So let's say I'm um, Indian. Um, let's say I am bisexual. I'm also um, a woman, obviously, right? But, I'm, but yeah, bisexual woman. And I'm disabled. Let's say I've got a disability and I've got all these things. Surely... It's not because we don't want that type of person on the panel, but there's got to be, the, these can, how do I want to say it? It's about the opportunities that you've had and the exposure, because let's face it, if you're, um, if you have a disability and there is a, there is a case about, you know, increasing that equality as well and, and, and bridging that gap, yes. but yes. with some disabilities, you physically sometimes don't have the same access or availability to you to be in certain rooms or in in on certain in certain discussions and i think we just need to find a way to like for, oh, i just like really silly example right a client of mine was doing some videos on social media because that's what i do and all his videos are of him just talking to the camera and oh. I said, right, you, you need some subtitles on your camera, uh, on your video, because actually 85% of people listen to your videos without the sound. Right. And that's not even to mention people that are deaf. What if yeah. I'm deaf? I actually can't hear you. Um, so, you know, and then he looked at it differently and was like, oh, my goodness, I am ignoring a whole population of people that could still need a mortgage obviously but they are not able to listen to me on social media so it's just making conscious i think you know we need to make conscious choices of how we are accepting or becoming accessible to our audience and 
Do you see what absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. It's interesting you, you say this, actually, because I was just recently talking to um, some sort of bankers as well as insurance companies about how, you know, technology is at the forefront. Why is it that on, you know, lender provider website, just like you have that drop down that has English, French, Italian, Urdu, Hindi. How simple is that, Rosalia? Yes. I mean, we're talking about disability here. But even those with ability who English may not be their first language, mm. you know, if technology is is allowing you to do this, surely it, are the lenders or the insurers saying we don't get any business from different different language yes. people? Because that's what you're yes. saying to me. Yeah. Yeah. The way you're set up, you're set up to not embrace these um, other um, you know, the, the ethnic minority. Now, I used to see, uh, actually, contrary to that, the lender yeah. I used to work at, I did actually yeah. used to see a lot of, um, uh, like, English wasn't the first language. And so we did have a service of, um, you know, translation service and things like that. But that's because we saw, and and I actually, what's really ironic is that we used to call those cases, what do they call them? Specialists or quirky, yeah. right? And it's Why? not, like, do you know, it's just not, quirky it's not weird it's just we're that this applicant is from you know we had many from Sri Lanka and obviously their names the way you have yeah. to spell their name so we you know we have to uh I think like you say such a great point we keep talking about robo advice and robots are taking on AI we can't even like we can't even translate something on our website let alone take over the world and have a robot acting human all of a sudden. So we're very behind. We talk about inclusivity, but there's some real small fixes. We've come a long way, Rosalie. I don't want to, this industry is actually yeah. at the forefront in my eyes. They're absolutely brilliant. There's some amazing forums out there. There's, and the mortgage industry is open for all. Um, but there's some simple fixes that really can, can be done. Um, we are talking about it. But let's take the actions, you know, let's not just yes. talk about it. Um, because I think we there's there's a big audience that we're missing and we miss them. And it's only people like myself, and I'm sure there's many other brokers out there from different backgrounds who have bridged that gap, but we are still the minority. But yet the, the community but is it because sorry to interrupt you, is it because we're in this country though? So like this country. I don't know what is the popular. You know, are the I feel like I don't see. I don't know. It's a really hard one. I don't know how to talk about it because I see myself as Italian. I definitely do. But when I'm here in England, I don't walk around like, oh, look at this coffee. This is bloody rubbish. You know, I'm not walking. I'm I'm integrated. I feel into. Yes. I think this is the word. Like, do you feel integrated? in your community and society i do okay i am um, my my answer to that would be it depends what we were talking about because again i've adapted to fit in to what society is expecting from me okay however society is not necessarily embracing who i really am which society because if I went to I've traveled all over the world right if I went to like I've been to um Dubai now yeah. that is a society 
that yeah. I cannot be like, you must embrace me and you must embrace everything. I'd have to go in and adapt, wouldn't I? Yes. Or are you saying you'd want to see a world where Dubai and Abu Dhabi and Syria and Morocco and uh, USA all come and see each other as one? No, no, not at all. Not at all. I mean, there's the beauty of culture that we are different. Okay. Mm. But it's about having those conversations about being different. And in the working environment, it's understanding that. It's understanding that, you know, those of us from different uh, uh, faiths celebrate different festivals. And how do we celebrate those festivals? Because our teams are from different backgrounds. So let's not just assume that on a Monday they've watched the Man United or the Liverpool football on a, <laughs> on a Saturday. And that's the only conversation that should be happening on a Monday. If somebody actually did go to the temple and did go and do whatever or, you know, we need to be open to that dialogue. Yes, um, yeah. And, and there is imposter syndrome. There is. There's, you know, people like myself or people from um, different backgrounds who don't feel that they can put this out there. And they should. So we have a responsibility to put it out there and, and be heard. I was going to say, you need to talk. You, no one else can talk about it because they're not doing it. So I've um, recently, if we're, if we're on this subject, and I know you, this will uh, definitely strike a chord with you, but... Um, I've recently re-engaged with my faith and something I'd lost for a really long time, not on purpose, not because something catastrophic happened and I was like, screw you, God. You know, it wasn't like that. It was because society, I fell into going to uni and I fell out of the pattern of going to church on a Sunday. And, you know, from with my Catholic background, you know, there's a lot of guilt that comes with that. You know, we, we have to say, obviously, there's the Catholic guilt. But it, it just became like something that, was so far buried I didn't even think about it was just it just became as like you know if you tick uh, a questionnaire and they're like you know do you speak uh, English yet um, you know religion Catholic it wasn't even like a a thing anymore it was almost more it was almost something that was just on my birth certificate so anyway long story short I reconnected with my faith and I reconnected with you know finding my own like prayer or own voice um call it meditation or call it a prayer or whatever you want to call it um but I started then sharing that and I started to speak up about it and of course that brings a lot of controversy there's a lot of people that react to that and I know that there's a mind game that you have to play so whether you want to speak about disability or ethnicity or religion um I just bring it down to this if you're coming from a good place then you can do no wrong and you cannot control other people's reactions or feelings towards what you're saying I do not share for propaganda I do not share for you know um, I just share, oh yeah, I went to church. Like if someone says, oh, what did you do at the weekend? I'd be like, yeah, I went to B&M. I'm always buying stuff in B&M. Um, then I went to church and then I went for coffee and they're like, oh, you go to church. And you're like, I love how that, like that is bothering you. I love how that, do you see what I mean? It's like, it's like me saying what you watched the Man United game. How rubbish. Like, I love how that hurts you. What I do with my life. How does that hurt you? Exactly. Yeah. 
yeah yeah no absolutely absolutely and, and it is about and and part of sort of recently coming you know speaking on different things and writing different blogs and um, there's also that assumption that people don't want to know and actually yeah. people do want to know yeah. and and it, and also those people who who are asking they're hesitant because they don't know how to ask because they think oh, oh this is controversial. how do i ask dina um which which background are you from or are you oh, hindu yeah. or are you muslim or are you you know do you mind me asking listen if you're asking me with good intentions exactly me, it's exactly what yeah. you said and that yeah. allows me to then share um, yeah. and i think that is happening so well now you know people yeah. really are becoming far more well to be honest i am um and that allows people to understand each other yeah i don't yeah. get i think I've, I've grown up with maybe i've got the best of both worlds where i've been raised by traditional parents and so asking the question for example where are you from that was like the most popular question oh ever mm. since I was eight years old it was where are you from where are you from where are you from yeah. today if you ask someone where are you from they're like do you mean my origin or do you mean my town or do you mean I'm like oh my god I'm so sorry you know I'm just like panicking about yeah. offending someone when actually what I've now said to myself if someone gets offended I'm I'm just you know, what I say is, I'm really sorry you took it that way. I was actually coming from a really good place. I'm really sorry that that's how you, you know, how you received it. I just literally, you know, wanted to know, like, why do you speak to, what languages are you speaking? Like, what is that language that you just spoke on the phone? Like, I'm interested, not because I'm judging. I think no. that's, that we are a bit sensitive sometimes that we might feel like we're being attacked when actually like you've just said people might just be interested they just don't know how to get into your world yeah um so absolutely. more sharing is what you're saying being open and, and just sharing more about that absolutely absolutely well, that has been very interesting. I've not had this angle on the show before. And I'm so glad you reached out to me, Dina, because I really am so grateful that you've brought this to my attention, that you've brought it to the viewer's attention, because there'll be, there'll be brokerages out there. I know who they are. I know who's listening, that they've said that they've taken a good look at their team and they've realized that there's not enough diversity and they don't want to just higher for the sake of diversity uh, but they want to feel like they are being surrounded by you can learn from different people you know someone who has a disability can teach you something that you don't know how to do because they've had to learn how to do it differently Absolutely. now that's exciting for me like giving someone an opportunity to really excel in their skill I have to say this out loud I do I do want to say this because I'm sure you'll appreciate it my virtual assistant right? My, my PA, he has Tourette's and he is absolutely gorgeous. He's, he's absolutely amazing. He's, and him and his partner. So he's gay and has Tourette's and is running a business. Uh, so we're talking about women and, and ethnic minorities. He's got a few boxes himself that he has to battle against, but with the Tourette's, with the um, you know, with the boyfriend, with the business, they're now um, adopting a baby. Oh, and, and it's just like, I, and I hired him. And, and I, I know this sounds really like, like I could tell his skills were, I just couldn't see the Tourette's. Like people have asked like, oh, you know, when you're on a meeting, does it put you off? I'm like, no, like literally he talks. And obviously, yeah, he has like 
um, a word that comes out or something. Yeah. I'm yeah. just saying, like, I'm so mesmerized by his talent that I'm just like, yeah, just amazing. I think I think Muslim acceptance of of real human beings, um, possibly I, I don't know for yourself, but those who come from some form of faith or come from charitable giving and who are grounded, you know, somehow find a way to be very grounded, they can relate. So, um, you know, I'm I come from a faith. I actually run a Hindu faith school on a Saturday. Um, I come, I do a lot of charity work for the local community from food banks. Um, I'm actually doing a rickshaw run um, in December, oh. <laughs> driving a rickshaw oh. um, to raise funds in India. Um, and these are things that keep me connected, connected to people who really come from difficult backgrounds or cultures. Yeah, yeah. And, I and feel that, you. That makes us realise that, you know, we all come from an industry, we all have roles, we all have money, we have, you know, but let's create a purpose. What is our real purpose? And yeah. um, my purpose is to make a difference. To yes. Whoever we're connected with. Speaking of making a difference, this episode or this this show is all about positive pollination, right? So um, I don't know if you saw in my uh, bio, but positive pollination is all about giving to the next person. So you've just been given the the opportunity to share your story. Who would you uh, share? Who would you like to see share their story? Who would you love to see on this show? You've had a you've had a few people on here already, actually. Um... Well. You can mention anyone. Someone today mentioned um, Linda, you know, the, the latest uh, prime minister from uh, president from New Zealand. And then I like, would love to see Linda on the show. I was like, I'm not sure I have her contact details, but. <laughs> oh, God, you've got my oh, I, I, I don't really know who. Um, actually, there's someone from Barclays, very, very high okay. up in, in uh, you know, and her name is Hiral Shah. And I would love to see or hear about her journey. Um, and I will connect you connect you with her. And she's an Asian woman. Um, I don't know her. This is amazing. I don't know who she is. Yeah. Wow. I will connect you with her because it would be great to hear her story. Oh, my oh, gosh. Somebody else. Got somebody else. Chandani Vora from Construction. She's one of the few women from um, a, a huge construction company. And I know you're, you're talking um, about women in construction as well. So there you go. <laughs> wow 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 imagine because of you these women are going to firstly as soon as they hear that they've been nominated they are going to like you've given them that gift already even if they don't come on the show the fact that you've nominated them I know is going to put a big smile on their face so when this episode comes out I'll leave it to you to tag them or to intro us via email but I know that that nomination, that's why I call it positive pollination. It's you're a little bee and you've just passed that pollen and you've just helped someone else flourish. And that is what we're about. This is what this community is about. Um, not tearing each other down, but just empowering one another. So thank you for giving me half an hour of your wisdom. And I've, I've genuinely felt like a friendship. Like I, I know it sounds really cheesy, but I felt like you've treated me like a friend and you're just talking to me as honest as possible rather than trying to be something like you haven't pretended on this show. You haven't said, oh, Rosalie is interviewing. You've really let me in. So thank you for that. 
Thank you. Thank you, Rosalia. Thank you. Thank you. Right. Well, have an amazing day. I'll speak to you offline. And uh, for anyone listening, please don't forget to obviously subscribe and, and like the channel if you want to hear more. But do not feel afraid to reach out. It's a casual, you know, I'm sure Dina can vouch for this. You know, it's a nice chatty a relaxed conversation. But if I'm not reaching out to you, please do not feel like I don't want you on the show or that I'm not reaching out to you for any particular reason. Just make yourself known, just a little hands up if you want to be on uh, and I'd be happy to share your story. Thanks again for listening.